Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass, WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. We thank our presenting sponsor, Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center. Wellspire offers personal and professional development opportunities in a beautiful facility in the Gulch neighborhood. Stop by for an event with world-renowned speakers or host an off-site event that will wow your team or your clients. We thank our co-sponsor, the Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water and has a mission to bring clean water to the world. Today's news presented by Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-based injury law firm. Sutherland and Belk is committed to fighting for those who have been injured in car, motorcycle, and truck accidents. Check them out at sbinjurylaw.com. Some bad news for Vanderbilt baseball. Third baseman Jason Gonzalez who was more than likely going to be Vanderbilt's starting third baseman, will miss the 2020 season. He will take a leave of absence from the team with the door open to come back later. Our guest line presented by Bowling Branch started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I slept on their sheets for years. They're amazing. Had no clue how comfortable they could be until I got them. They are also fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women, treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy to get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, where he is a talk show host. Thanks for joining us today, my friend. Who is this? This is Sexy (laughs) Pete. Or is that you? Uh, Oh, that guy. That guy. Love that guy. Good afternoon, Chris. Afternoon, Commodore Nation. (laughs) That guy. Um, (laughs) You can only laugh anymore, right? What's that? said all you can do anymore is just laugh that's about it (laughs) that's about it at this point my friend i mean honest to god i thought two three weeks ago like this is the lowest point that i've ever seen since i started the site in 03 and since then vanderbilt has lost its best football player its best basketball player its starting third baseman and i swear I'm missing something else, but it's like, it's almost like I'm away from the board for an hour and I wonder what disaster has happened when I'm gone, you know, or you're, you check out on the news for a couple hours to do something else. And you're like, okay, I expect something went wrong in the meantime while I was away and unplugged, but I don't know what it was. Well, there's only a couple, there's only two logical explanations here. And the first one is that you're a jank. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think that, that there's a, a high likelihood that you could be a jinx. Uh, secondly, you know, and this isn't really more a thing, more than just a, a way that I feel. Uh, I made a critical mistake a long time ago, Chris. And don't say becoming a Vanderbilt fan. Uh, I made a critical mistake a long time ago, believing that, that justice that good, that right, was 
applicable to college athletics. That is clearly not the case. I put that on a post on the board the other day. So if you're looking for justice uh, on the football field, the basketball court, baseball field, you're looking at the wrong place. There's no such thing. There's no karmic justice of any kind on the football field. I mean, if it were, you know, the teams on top would be very, very different. We wouldn't, we wouldn't see just disgraceful actions and behaviors and, and out of universities and programs and players and stuff like that be rewarded. They would be sucking uh, hind teeth. They would be at the bottom of the barrel. But that's that's twice. I, I, that's what I try to tell people on my shoulders all the time. If you are looking for justice on a football field, you are looking in the wrong place. Exhibit A, Penn State. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's just it. You know, I mean, look, look, of course, you know, this is not a UT bashing podcast, but all they've got going on around them is nothing but great news these days. Everything headed in the right direction. A fan base that literally tried to ruin someone's career because they didn't want him as their head coach and tried to masquerade it behind something else. And all they do is get rewarded. I have a hard time with that. But, you know, I mean, also, like I said, you also have to realize, I mean, if you're going to follow sports, if you're going to love it, you're going to pick a school and going to stick with it, then you got to go with what comes with it. And, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know if there is such a thing as being honestly snake bit, but uh, if it is, uh, then we are in that, well, what was it? Was it, uh, what movie was it, uh, Chris, where the dude was in the, was it, uh, Indiana Jones? Was he there with all them snakes? That uh, was one of the movies that had that for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the way I kind of feel sometimes, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, I can't stop now. That's just, that's the funny thing about it. You know, I, you can't stop now. I mean, like so many people on your board that, uh, and, you know, been to fans longer than I have. I've been fan 45 years, you know, I don't know how to be anything else. Uh, and so it got me wondering, Chris, no, I don't, I, I don't know that this would fix anything because the, the things that have ailed us on the field, you know, you know, Devin Cochran leaving the Gonzalez situation, Aaron Neesmith have nothing to do with this, but do you think there's a chance because I, I look, I, if the if the if the athletic department is trying to gauge its fan base to even see if there's a pulse, I mean they're putting mirrors under the nose, see if there's even a pulse anymore. Could you do you think that the university considers at least forwardly moving the announcement of some of these behind the scenes, whatever it is that's supposed to be really good and beneficial for Vanderbilt athletics, uh, as far as a timetable goes, looking at it, saying, guys, we got to have something that, or there's not going to be a, a fan base to share this with. Think of a possibility. When do they ever make a decision like that? Yeah. But I mean, look, Chris, uh, look, but this is, we are in, we're at the bottom of the barrel. Now, this is as bad as it's ever been. We have a basketball team that hasn't won since uh, a conference game since what 2000 and when? <laughs> Was it an 18 or 17? I'm trying to even remember it at, at this point. They and won a regular season game late in 2018, then lost in the tournament and went out there what 22 right. straight in the SEC. I mean, by the time some people hear this, it may be the Arkansas game has been played and yeah. it's. 
23 or whatever, but anyway. Yeah, because you're not winning that game. And, and look, it was what's happened. And what really sucks, and this is why I just I, I don't get it, where the hell's the justice? I mean, this team was, you know, they were playing hard. And, yeah, we were ticked off about losing the SMU game and blowing a six-point lead with 30-something seconds left, blowing a 15-point lead, losing to a good team, giving a heck of an effort in Auburn, and nearly winning that game against an undefeated top-five-ranked Auburn team, one of the with maybe the best coach in college basketball. And, and they stood toe-to-toe with them, man, even though they were massively outgunned. And then this happens. You know, and, and conceivably, and look, that A&M game, I mean, how many games are going to be a better shot for them to win a conference game than A&M in Nashville? And they lose by 19. And they had to close it. Like, I mean, you can't really conceive foresee a conference win this year. Can you imagine going two straight plus seasons without a single conference win and the way things have gone in football? I mean, we need hell. We deserve, Chris, this fan base deserves, I don't care what anybody says, this fan base deserves some truly good news, a big old dose of it, big heap and helping of it. Uh, it's constant for a while. And that's why I'm wondering, I mean, if, if there are truly really good things coming uh, on the horizon from our athletic department, do, we, do you think maybe they consider, man, okay, just at least releasing something? here's one of the things that's on the way to get this fan base to be able to rally behind something. Because right now I read some of these posts and look, I don't blame anybody, but you got about, about a bunch of folks that literally say the same thing every day uh, because there is nothing else, you know, and other than, Hey, guess what? Baseball's a month away. Well, you know what? Everybody doesn't love college baseball. They want Vanderbilt to win. They're proud of them. They'll pull for them, but they're not necessarily big-time college baseball fans. This, you're in the South. I know we're Vanderbilt, and we got the premier program in the country, but you are in the South. You're in the Southeastern Conference. So we can, we can love our baseball team and, and live for it, but you'd be a fool not to recognize that this, the thing that draws college sports in this part of the country is football and then basketball with a very distant third in baseball. So while it's great that we're good at it, we need more than that. So I'm just wondering, do they at least consider it, Chris? Okay, I was sitting here scribbling down a bunch of thoughts as you talked, and there's about four things I want to respond to that are related to things you said. First of all, I've done a lot of thinking in recent weeks about how we cover things. And, and honest to God, there's just not a lot of good I can bring right now. Now, my job, this is the context in which I would like to say this, okay? My job is not to pump sunshine or tote the company line or whatever. It's to cover a program uh, dispassionately and factually and all those things. Just this is what's going on, right? But you also don't want to beat a fan base down either and, and be the guy banging the drum of negativity. I'm not going to say under the guise of reporting because it wouldn't be that. It would be just reporting. But at the same time, just, just throwing stuff out there has a way of pouring gas on the flames right now, if, if you know what I mean by that. Okay, so I'm, I have decided 
to shift a lot of my coverage to baseball earlier than ever. We're doing an all-decade team right now that I've spent a lot of time on, and we're about halfway rolled it out. And honest to God, that that's just to give fans something positive to talk about because there isn't a lot otherwise in football and basketball. I mean, even digging under rocks, there's not a lot. Um, trust me, some, some of the stuff that's gone unreported is every bit as depressing as what's been out there. So that's that's number one. Um, number two, and these are in no order with basketball. I thought that the Texas A&M game was in a perfect spot on that schedule for them. It turned out to be the worst spot possible. I think if you could go back and knowing what's going to happen, you could put, I don't know about Kentucky in there because you don't want to just get demoralized by Kentucky in that spot, but a game that they probably weren't going to win and it's a good team in Alabama and LSU in that spot, and then throw A&M back a few games later to where they've had some time to recover because it was probably the most winnable game on their schedule. Like, they can't even catch a break to the point that the the game that was in the perfect spot for them became probably the one game that once the Neesmith news broke, that was probably the last game that you wanted under the circumstances. But now it becomes – not only did you get a game in a spot where you weren't going to win because of the circumstances and the hangover, uh, but but now your confidence continues to get beaten down uh, to the point where the games that are winnable probably uh, become harder. I mean, who knows? They may, they may handle this well, but we saw what happened with human nature last year. Third, I thought this was almost funny, uh, but, it, but it's, so, it's so true. Uh, there was a thread on our board about Ken Seals and this postseason all-star game that he's playing in. And somebody posted. Like, honestly, I looked in this thread like expecting something bad to have happened. Like, you know, he hurt his knee or or, or whatever. And that's just kind of the point it's come to. Like, even in, in the things that, that are out there that might be positive, you just kind of expect something uh, bad to happen. So those are three random thoughts. The the next one with the facilities, it's become clear to me that they are going to focus their attention on the things that affect the athletes more than the fans. Uh, Tommy Smith made this clear. The, the stadium is not going to be rebuilt. Now, I think they'll put a lot of money into it. I don't know how much that's going to satisfy people. And I think that Probably whatever they end up doing to it, if the things I hear are true, like if you'd said two years ago, if Vanderbilt said, hey, they're going to do this, this, and this, um, people would have been probably thrilled with that. But now when the bar has been set at potentially a new stadium, and I know that was thrown around and everything was on the table, um, with that not being a reality, that's just kind of another thing that I think fans are going to feel I should say, it's not fair for me to say they they are going to be disappointed or even to say they should feel disappointed because, again, you go back to where they were two years ago, and I think all this stuff is going to be a a, a big victory compared to where they were. But I do wonder how that's going to go over with the fan base right now that feels like it's been neglected, and I can't argue with them. Well, they don't feel like they've been neglected. They just outright know it, and the university knows that they know it. It is they don't really seem to care. Um, so 
the word now is because I know we were talking about it not too long ago, and there was almost like some predictions that maybe in five years there would be a different, a new stadium built uh, on campus. I think moving locations or something like that. So um, as it stands now, looks like that is completely off the table. Then, huh? Let me give you the background, and I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. And if people want to get mad at me, fine. Um, I think I'm pretty clear when I say stuff that this is speculation or this is fact. Or this, I posted that stuff a few weeks ago about the stadium uh, because I was hearing that as a rumor, and I know that they were kicking all avenues, new stadiums, things like that. So you knew on the at the front end that was at least on the table in the discussions. And there's a little bit more there that I can get into with that that I just I just can't. But if you believe me, take my word on that. So. You know, supposedly the narrative on the front end was that Malcolm Turner was put in charge to fix this thing and going to be given, I don't know that carte blanche is the right word, because that's me putting words into somebody's mouth, but certainly giving more discretion and things. And, you know, if Malcolm is a quote-unquote partner with the university and all these things that I was told, I would think that your AD and his opinion on the situation and what needs to be fixed is going to carry a lot of water. But the one thing that I have cautioned, I believe I've said this on the podcast at one point, is that I wonder if when, like, we're talking about a nice dinner um, and going out to eat steak, or, you know, are we, or is one party thinking Jack Ruby's and the other one thinking Jay Alexander's? Uh, and I'm thinking it's more like Jay Alexander's is where they're going to end up. Which, again, way better than what they've been dealing with. I think on the whole, this is a positive. But is it going to be what what fans want? I don't know. And is it going to be what fans want when fans are really angry about the product? You can't help but think that, a, frankly, excuse my language, you're a pissed-off fan base. Um, might receive that news a little differently when it's pissed off. Um Anyway, th- those are my thoughts. I think what they're going to do is be going to be significant and nice, uh, but I think it is clear to me that they are looking on the player um, end of things first, which, look, if you if you recruit better players, you know, nobody was doing a lot of complaining about Vanderbilt Stadium when James Franklin was winning. So if you get facilities that help you in recruiting and get you better players, um. Then I think that that goes away. But the other thing that exacerbates exacerbates this though was just the coach. And I think if they had made a coaching change after the season, again that changes the tone of everything. Those are a lot of rambling thoughts, and so I'll turn it to you to respond to that. Think that you know. They can make those improvements. And what you said is true about the Franklin, some of the amenities and whatnot. But, I mean, it just still has them lagging so far behind this con- the rest of the conference that, it, I mean, I'm not going to say what's the point. But it because we want the improvements, clearly. I mean, they're good. God, they're in need of it. We all know that. But, I mean, even the improvements are going to have you last in the conference, I would I would assume. Because it's either an all-in campaign or it's not. You know, Big Daddy Kane said, ain't no half-stepping. We're either in this thing or we're not. And this thing needs a facelift, not a, uh, you know, not just not just a little bit of makeup here and there, a little cosmetics. It needs an entire 
uh, light needs liposuction, man. It needs to get a, it needs to get it all done. And that's just, it just sounds like that is completely just at odds with what this university is and is ever going to be as far as I can see. Well, I still say the best investment you can make is in coaching and um, but what and you say that, but Chris, what coach is going to take that job like that? I mean, with completely substandard facilities and a lack of commitment to its program. I mean, who who's going to who literally that you are not going to lose sooner than my first thing smoking is going to take that job? Well, and it, that is that is where. And why would you? It, l- l- let me also make this very clear, okay? Vanderbilt's played this really close to the vest. And so I don't speak with the exact knowledge of what they're going to do, but Tommy Smith dropped some hints. And I've been given something, like I said, I, w- I was told New Stadium's not going to be part of it, which I thought would be. I thought that that hospital lot was going to come into play. You know, they're buying a lot of property around that end of the stadium, uh, which is interesting, too. I don't know what that's going to get used for. Uh, but if they were if they were truly going to leave him in charge of of doing what he thought was the best solution um and that's what they come up with again i think it's way better than what they were way better than what they were and if you set the bar back 2 years and and you don't nothing of all the rest of this stuff and say this is what they're getting people would have been thrilled uh, but it does seem inconsistent with this narrative of we wanted to see what we could be with with Malcolm Turner. Now, now maybe it doesn't turn out that way. Maybe maybe they roll out a plan that that everybody's thrilled with. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm spitballing here, okay? But but, but but why not? Okay, and maybe they do. And good, I mean, good lord, I mean. Well, that, well, here's here's my point. Know. We we don't know until something has been announced. Uh, so to, to speculate based on that but is, is silly. But but I'm and I'm I'm trying to play the game on the terms that you're asking me here. Um, I I don't know. I mean, here here's the other undercurrent. Okay, he spent a lot of money on that basketball staff and burning through that emergency fund, and that did not sit well. And I can't help but wonder how much that has affected things is they get closer to announcing the strategic plan. Now, then again, if you're Malcolm Turner and you're going in, you're told you got carte blanche to fix things and this is your AD and such, it may be fair him to think, okay, well, if they want to fix this, this is what it looks like. Um, and they look back and say, that's what that looks like. We we didn't have that in mind. I, I don't know what happened there, but I know that money undercurrent and him spending a lot is a major topic of discussion when I talk to people who are plugged in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and look, I, I totally get that. I guess what I want to know is, you know, if, if, if there are big plans here in advance that you know what they are, what, what purpose does it serve to keep the, your, your supporters in the dark on what they are? Well, we but won't be in the dark that much longer. What's coming. Be patient because here's what's coming. But right now, no one believes you. Because they've seen your past and they know you and they know how notoriously cheap you are when it comes to this. So give them something because you've given them nothing almost ever. And so 
if you're wanting to cultivate this thing, excitement around it. But tell us something. We don't know a thing in the world. We're just left to sit here and speculate. And who knows when we're going to find out anything? Well, I think I will get it. I think it's I'll not. get a heads up on a lot of what's coming. But here's here are the narratives that I'm having trouble connecting the dots. Okay, because I think is it fair to say people expect a new stadium or substantially refurbished or whatever? Right? If that falls yeah. short of expectations. And people are still saying, "Well, they're still, they're still last in the league." I I don't ever know that that was a realistic goal to be. I mean, because look, you could be last in the league, but you can close the gap enough to where the strengths that you have in terms of academics and things like that can make up some of that ground. So I don't know that you have to spend money. You have to be preoccupied with with what your neighbors have. Literally, it it well, if you if you've gotten in the ballpark enough to make your facilities competitive, I hope that makes sense. But here's here's the question I have: If once they get there, it's not seen as adequate, how do you reconcile that with the statement that you have to keep Derek Mason because you have to see what he can do if he's given a chance with real facilities and stuff like uh, other people have? How do you yeah, make those things meet? That's a, that's the question. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that because I, I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. I don't know what the answer. I don't know what the response is to that. You're pretty angry about this. I'm just I'm just tired, Chris. It's not it's not that I'm angry. I'm just I've never because I, I hate doing these podcasts. You know that I do. I can't stand it. I want to do something on these teams and on the field and something. And like you said, it's not your job to spin anything. That's not what I'm talking about, but there's literally just been nothing positive for a long time now, you know, and it's, it's, that's just human nature. It's hard. It's, it's hard to find that. And so I get one of the main reasons why you're focusing towards baseball. It's the number two preseason ranked team in the country. You know, that's our dudes, man. That's how they're doing it. And I I mean, I, I can't wait to see the encore that, you know, this this team does, you know, and Kumar and some of the freshmen. I can't wait to see, you know, some of these young hurlers. Man, I'm excited about that. I am. It's just on these other fronts. And I'll, and I'll look, on the basketball thing, I, I'm, I'm not down on Jerry Stackhouse. I'm not. I, I I think that he's shown me that he's got a chance. And, you know, and if you listen, if you go back and listen to what other people are saying, uh, and that does matter about Jerry Stackhouse and about our coach, you know, after that Auburn game, you know, and and you heard some of the things that that the people that cover this conference on a nightly basis had to say, you can see a plan. You can see Jerry Stackhouse implementing things and how different of a basketball team this is, uh, not even a calendar year later with what, eight scholarship players, something like that, you know, uh, but being in games and playing better. And then Neesmith happens, but I, I'm not down on Stackhouse. I'm not. I just think he's in a, crappy situation right now that he'll be charged of getting himself out of. But I mean, and I think that he can, it's just going to take a little bit. He's got to get some, get the players. And as you said, right now, recruiting is not going anything special. And, you know, 
as far as I can tell, I mean, when it comes to recruiting, all we ever really hear about is David Grace. And the only thing that's really pulled so far is Stute this, is this year. And as far as the others go, I don't even know if they do recruit. or And if they do, it hasn't really bared fruit. You know, we got to have the guns. We got to have the horses to to run with these other dudes. But I think Stack, you know, I, I I don't hate his. I mean, look, he's a rookie coach, so nothing's there's nothing. It's not he's not a perfect uh, game plan. But I mean, I think he's done a lot of good things early on right now with what the material he's got to work with. Problem is now, I mean, we're dealing. We got we're operating with a skeleton crew, Jack. We just are. Yeah. Uh, I've got 15 minutes, maybe not even that. So let's go to the mailbag, which is sponsored by Vanderbilt Fan and independent insurance agent Josh Minton of Brentwood. Are you in the market for auto, motorcycle, home, renters, or landlord insurance? What about life or commercial insurance? Call Josh at 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him at facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. I hope you'll make him yours. Mr. Vandy says, what's the most important position of need that needs to be addressed before next season? This is, we're talking football right here? I presume. I mean, how, how can it be anything other than quarterback? Of course, of course, you know, left tackle looks awful important right now, Chris. <laughs> I mean, as you know, left tackle looks extremely important. And, and another one, you know, Brooks looks all right, but who's our who's our every down back? I mean, yeah. Brooks was the guy who got most of the carries. Marlowe spent another season in exile for whatever reason, so I don't know how that changes I mean, with a new coordinator if it does change, but that's how it left off. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. And, and I, I like – I mean, it was – you know, Brooks was okay. Uh, he had a couple of really nice runs. You, there's something there, you know. I, I, I he's never going to be Keyshawn Vaughn, you know. But I mean, he he can he can play in this league. The question is, is there any depth there behind him? Is there uh, anything coming in that uh, can you know have some effect on the running? Because remember, you never know. I mean, think about like this. Think about what was it three years ago? Three four years ago, when Kari Blasengame was just a backup linebacker, not doing anything, and then he switches over, and all of a sudden we got ourselves a legit number two running back. So you never know. I mean, that could be around the corner, and it's much. I think it'd be easier to find uh, for most people than than a, a proven reliable quarterback. So it's got to be quarterback for sure, just because of the importance of the position. But I think left tackle and running back have to seriously be considered as well. What about you? Uh, my, my answer is 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 yes, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where, where are they good? Uh, maybe I, I'll tell you what. Outside good? linebacker showed some promise, okay? And maybe yeah. defensive line with the addition of of Green and Langham and Odingbo's talented. But I mean. Is is that a top two thirds of the SEC defensive line? Even with those guys, probably not. They don't have a an ace corner. Uh, safety was kind of a 
a revolving door where nobody got much traction. I don't know where to tell you where they don't need help. I, I, yeah, I think the better question was where are they good? You know, that's a that's a tough question to uh, to legitimately answer, even if you know the entire roster. Uh, Punter, but I, I, I mean, they, they even uh, lose their kicker. I mean, it, it's it's if they if they do anything with this team, it'll be a miracle. I, I will say this: there are some good young receivers on this football team. There are now, you know be down if we want and we have a million reasons to be there are some talented young receivers how will they be used i don't know you know but one thing that i do know is guys like cam johnson you know i mean look say what you want cam johnson has a, a skill set you know and there's been years in the past where they didn't have a, a playmaker of any kind uh, in the wide receiving core uh, Rockmont should be back next year. Good to go. Uh, CJ Bowler uh, was flashed as a freshman. We know he's got potential, you know, and, and I got like a couple of the incoming freshmen. So we'll see. I mean, oh, where are we good? I don't know where we're anywhere where we're necessarily good, but we do have potential at some places like defensive line and wide receiver. Yeah. And I agree. Cause you know, I'm high on those receivers, although Bowler fell into oblivion for whatever reason. Johnson is talented. I've always liked him. And, and you know what I think about Amir Abdur-Rahman, too. Uh, but he did come off an injury. I don't know where he is in that. Right. I think they have some pieces. But, again, it's an offensive line in shambles and a new quarterback. And it just kind of like last year. They had all the weapons at the, those spots, and it just didn't matter. Yeah, plus, remember, you know I am way high on Logan Kyle. I think Logan Kyle plays next year as a freshman. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm thinking of freshman wide receivers that made a big impact at Vandy, and I think of one guy, and that's it. Maybe two, if you include Dan Stricker, because I think he was a true freshman and played. Of course, Earl Bennett, the other one. I do include. Well, why wouldn't you include Dan Stricker? Well, I guess I misphrased that. I was trying to remember if he was a true freshman when he contributed his first year of contribution. So, and, and remember something, in the case of Jordan Matthews, it had nothing to do with whether he was good enough to. They just didn't use him until there was two minutes left in the game. Oh, yeah, that, that was the most hilarious thing ever. He would just come out and catch a yeah. touchdown pass every game, and the offense would go into the deep freeze for three and a half quarters, and they'd bring Matthews out again, and, hey, it's another touchdown, and the internet exile again. Think about this so. for just a second. Think about it. Seriously, I want to just uh, – as a coach, and look, we all consider and play coach on the podcast, but when you go out and you put him out there and you see what he does – why would you continue to do that? Because coaches are stubborn. Coaches are stubborn. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. I heard one time. Okay. Yeah. There was a certain running back on their team who was probably per touch the best on the team that year, and and I asked, why don't you use him on? more downs and the answer I got was well if we try to throw a screen pass to him he might be a little too short to catch it and it's like that overrode everything apparently unless it was a BS answer and the guy that told me that uh, was gave me less bull than than any source I've ever had on a coaching staff maybe Uh, but people just get things in their head for whatever reason and they just go with it man and that profession is is maybe worse than any of them. And 
You're looking at a head coach who's at the top of the list of stubbornness. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get, was it, I'm, I, two people came to my mind. I probably won't get either one of them right. Uh, the little running back from Florida that, I don't know, maybe got into it with a coach or something like that. Jared McGrath? No, 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 not that far back. And okay. then ended up transferring a couple of years ago. Real good playmaker, shifty as heck as he could be. Uh, and I think he retri- left that as a sophomore or something like that. Does that sound right? I think it'll Ray Perkins. Now, good Lord, no. I, I didn't think so. I can't think of who you're thinking of. Uh, uh, it was just maybe five years ago. Well, I'll tell uh, you, it was, it was, it was, it was Jared Hawkins. Okay. I don't know why I okay. felt the need to keep that, that secret. Um, well, let's move on with a mailbag. Cause I've, I've got a, I've literally got to go in a couple of minutes. <laughs> you said I've got a thing. <laughs> right. Vandy Nash says if Stackhouse and friends hit the recruiting trail after two very bad seasons in conference, what kind of sales message can they use to get some quality players to sign? And I love this corollary from Dusty Orleans. I think he actually means to say, how would sexy Pete Sell the program on the recruiting trail. Ah, nice. Good job with the sexy Pete reference. Well, I, I would say a couple things. I would say, well, think about it like this. In the last two, two seasons, we've got a lottery pick, a guy who uh, is starting to really do things well in the G League. Uh, now he's coming back from injury. And in the in a second straight year, of course, now we don't know how that's going to turn out with the injury now, but let's pretend that they go on potential and have a second straight first-round pick in Aaron Neesmith. That, hey, you can come here. I promise you the playing time is there for you to showcase yourself. And if you can do that, you can absolutely get into the lottery playing Vanderbilt basketball. You can do that here, you know, and, and what's better than playing time, you know, not much to a, to a freshman. They want to play. They want to play. Yeah. They want to win, but they want to play and they got it for you. I mean, other than that, what else am I going to sell them? Yeah, I completely agree. Dorking says, do the new coordinators improve the outlook for the football season next year? Well, I, I don't see how it couldn't especially if you believe that uh, each one of those was an upgrade, you know, now defensively, I mean, there is, that is unarguable, you know, Jason Tarver, whatever you think about him uh, is not Ted roof period. So that, that right there in itself is an absolute upgrade. I don't think there's any question about that. And, you know, I just, I, just, I just don't think Jerry Gadowski's play caller. I don't mean he's not a good assist caller. You know, with Todd Fitch and whatnot, but he's he's proven capable before uh, on the Division One level. So I, I I don't see how that couldn't be. Whatever the percentage of of, of Skip Holtz's play calling responsibilities was last year in Rust, in one way or the other. This still, I would think, would have to be an upgrade over Gadowski, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, it, it does. But my question is, like basketball, I think we all agree that Stackhouse did a pretty decent job with what he's had and developing talent and such. But at the end of the day, he still had to deal with that roster, and it didn't make a lot of difference in the, the results. I mean, yeah, they, they won eight games, but it was a horrible schedule. 
just because you're limited with that. I think that's my answer for football. Yeah, I think both the coordinators are, are upgraded, but I think it might mean you you lose on average by 20 instead of 23. Uh, well, I would say it's a start, but that's just an insult to you and me. Uh, but, you know, just based on the question, I mean, I, I think the product – uh, it's going to be hard to judge because of what Chris was just saying to you about all the, the new pieces and the pieces in motion right now. But I mean, just from what they bring to the table, I, I, I think that it's, 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 it's a start. It's a start. Yeah. I, it may be a small one, but it is a start. Okay. This one from SR Kane, this is a great one. Can you give your top five inductees into the Vanderbilt athletics all decade team for 2010 Players, coaches, or administrators. Um, I got four uh, I got, players got who come to mind. I don't, I don't. I mean, if you want to put a coach in or administrator, that one's easy. Tim Corbin. I don't like yeah, to. Tim I, I'm not a. I'm not a put guys in a hall when they're still active. Um, do you want to give your answers first, or do you want to hear mine? Well, I'll give. I'll give mine. You give yours. Or we can alternate. I don't care. Uh, I, you know, I hear what you're saying, but. There's never been anybody, at least in my lifetime, uh, better at their gig. Tim Corbin's the best college basketball coach, excuse me, baseball coach in all of America, and you can have everybody else. I don't care. He's the best there is. Uh, and I mean, look, I mean, wouldn't you say? Did you say our 22 class are basically full by now? filled with potential first rounders and all this other great stuff. I mean, Tim, Tim Corbin is the best at what he does. So while he may still be going, I mean, he's had, I mean, you, you remember what that was like when he took over look at where it is now. So, I mean, he gets, he gets top of the mountain for me. He's number one. I don't care if he, if he's still going or not, he's my number one by a million miles. Oh, no doubt. Like I said, if you're going to, if you're not going to discriminate according to, retired or not, then, then he's at the top of the mountain. Give me your next four, then I'll give you mine. Okay. Um, I, 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 I hope I have the years right. I, it may have been a little bit before, but I, I think I, I don't think so. Uh, what about Sneds? Uh, I think Sneds was out of Vanderbilt by then. I You have to what, excuse me, I don't really follow golf. Um Is, is he ten years removed? I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. You had to look that up. Um, I'll keep going though. Uh, uh, Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham beat Georgia not by himself, but was utterly the reason. Nearly won the Auburn game for him. And I never thought I'd, I would like a linebacker more than Jamie Winburn until Zach Cunningham came along. He's so amazing. So amazing. Uh, no chance that I'm leaving off uh, Jordan Matthews. Jordan, Jordan Matthews is is probably my favorite Vanderbilt player of all time. So he's getting a seat at the table. And, uh, boy, got to throw a basketball player in there somewhere, don't I? Uh, is there one to throw in there? I don't think so. Hey, I've got to go. I'm up against it right now. Um, but All right. Well, who's yours then? Um, if you don't include Corbin, mine are Jordan Matthews, Zach Cunningham, Dansby Swanson, Austin Martin, Carson Fulmer. And I was looking up the Sneds question. don't have an answer. But, my friend, I've got to run. Thanks for joining us. Tell people where they can find your show. 
Yeah, you can find my show at 101.5 in Jackson, Tennessee, and WNWS.com. You can find me at Twitter and at Chief Seats Bass. He's Seabass. I'm Chris Lee. Thanks for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast.